by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. This is not a drill, folks. We report that Minneapolis City Soccer Club has postponed no soccer because of positive COVID tests. <laughs> what is up, my soccer friends? This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John, and alongside me today is the Nate Morales. Nate, how you doing, man? And what the heck is going on with our cousins across town? Have they been licking the same doorknob or something? I mean, <laughs> the second game in a row postponed tonight due to the Rona running roughshod through their club. What? What's the deal? Uh, that is, that was uh, some surprising news given how good that most teams have been, especially in the MLS. It's starting uh, to. It started. The chips are starting to fall now across yeah. all sports. Also reminds me that I totally forgot to set my fantasy MLS lineup for the week. It's already Wednesday night and. Uh, that sucks. So, oh well. How's, how's that going? Who's uh, who's who's I, leading? With I I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things that like I signed up. They were they played two games. Everything got suspended, and I kind of stopped caring until now. It's just something to do. So you got the random email back, and then you also realize you have a child now. So fantasy yep. fantasy things move aside <laughs> for reality things. Not important. The thing, yeah, not definitely not important. Not at all important. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I can't believe it. Like another more positive tests in the MLS, more positive tests in the NFL. Uh, I think the NBA made it out pretty scot free. Well, it, so so did MLS out of the bubble. You know, they were the first professional sports team to start something, yep. and and I mean the NBA. What did they do that like uh, two three week quarantine in the bubble before they started? Where MLS kind of got going right a, uh, about a week later. And, uh, and that kind of brought the Rona in. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised to hear, um, that it, Minnesota has kind of been the, the team after the bubble that, that it hit the hardest. It sounds like, you know, Dallas and Nashville, they, 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 they got, they pulled the no, no card and got kicked out of the tournament, um, before it even started for them. But, um, but afterwards, you know, this could be some of the reason why maybe we hadn't heard much about Ike Opar. We, you know, we talked about that, but you know, it's all speculation to say that, but I mean, who knows if, if it's as serious as it is now, maybe it was serious back then and there could have been some long-term effects with him, but who knows? Yeah, definitely. So uh, we've got uh, kind of a long show tonight. Mm-hmm. Not been talking a, at all been about a, COVID. Been a yeah. while. Yeah, we've had a lot. A lot happen this week. Uh, obviously, the Ben Wexler Brotherhood Cup wrapped, so we will have the championship week recap. Uh, we've got some awards, the People's Pitch official, unofficial awards uh, for the players from the Ben Wexler Brotherhood Cup. Of course, then we have to roll into the Pick'em winners and the prizes thereof. And we've got a guest on tonight, first time we've ever had this guy, Mike Hutton. Uh, the finals MVP <clears throat> is making an appearance on the podcast. Yes, yes. 
So let's get rolling, John. It only seems like yesterday we had uh, Coach Jeremiah on, and he was introducing the future <coughs> models, and we were getting really excited. And then you guys rolled out uh, that you announced that it was going to be, uh, it was going to be kind of a, we're going to kind of uh, roll that out as as like a test during the pandemic with the uh, with the with the first and second teams up in Blaine, and that is how the seven v seven league was born. And now that you know we've reached the end of the road. Uh, boys to men style for the Ben Wexler <laughs> Brotherhood Cup, and it's been a it's been a busy seven weeks, man. Lots of ups and downs, lots of com- lots of really high octane competition up there. Killer upset, some really uh, interesting young players we've got to have a look at. Uh, cool, fi- uh, you know, nice to see some trialists in the mix. We have fans that were able to come see some games. We had it all, but all good things come to an end, John. And so here it is, this awesome experience that. Uh, that we were able to create for our guys is over. I was not able to make it last Wednesday. Uh, super bummed. Ended up at home with the baby watching the vice presidential debate, which was less cool. Uh, tell us how. <laughs> tell us how last last uh, Wednesday went. Well, first off, thanks for getting that song caught in my head. <laughs> End of the road. Oh, yeah. yeah. What what a <laughs> what a fantastic ballad that was. Just a sweet slow jam. <laughs> oh my God! So many middle school dances. Where that was the featured song. <laughs> yes, Nate. So sadly, as you mentioned, the fall experiment is over. Um, before we dive into things, I wanted to give a few shout outs. Like oh, to okay. get like to give the shout outs. So first off, want to say thank you to the players uh, for taking the last eight weeks very seriously um, and as serious as they possibly could, not getting the Rona. Um, it's really hard to tell a group of guys that are kind of so wide in age ranges from each other, you know, 17 mm-hmm. to like 30, 32, um, <clears throat> you know, to stay home and not ruin it for the rest of us. Uh, but they all dug in for, for those eight weeks and, and stayed healthy and safe. So without that, this really would not have been successfully pulled off. So thank you so much to the players, um, to the staff, the coaches also a big thank you um, for taking the time out of, you know, what we typically have is our dark period right now. Uh, maybe an open cup game where there's less of a staff needed, but when you have, you know, 60 some guys out, you need to have a full staff out there. And a lot of, a lot of the coaches have, you know, high school or club obligations that they, they don't get to in the summer because they're with us, but they do now. So um, without, without the preparedness of the coaches and the diligence to also follow safety protocols, um, another factor in, in us being able to totally pull this off. Um, Dan and Sarah from the front office perspective, figuring out and managing you know, bringing the fans in um, and giving folks a chance to, to actually come and watch uh, soccer in a safe atmosphere, I think was totally clutch. Um, and finally to the fans um, who did come, it was so awesome to, to include you in the, in the time that we had this fall um, yeah. together. And, and really, unless you live in Florida, California or Texas, where like sporting event rules seem to be like totally, off, <laughs> totally shut off. And there's like 90,000 people going to college football games. Um, you know, having live soccer to give, give to you, I think was so awesome. And, uh, thank you so much for also doing your part. So a, a couple of little, uh, little, um, shout outs we'd like to give there. Yeah. I mean, so far this is, I mean, you guys, everyone did a great job and so far zero positive cases have been tied to our events. So that means we've got a leg up on most sporting events on weddings, on garden parties, on all propaganda opportunities. We rule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> 
if the leader of the free world can get it and, and we, uh, with all the safety pro- protocols in, in place uh, that should be followed, hey, I mean, look at us, our little slice of the soccer pie just doing our thing. We got to do something. We got to be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have a lot of crazy ideas, but we tend to do things right. Um, so anyways, on to the action, the consolation game. So in this game, Nate, for, it was the first game of the night. We did what was a back-to-back game instead of a, a coinciding game so that people could come and the players could come and watch the at least part of the first game before they warmed up. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really great to have that. Um, so we, we had the consolation game um, that was the, the first game of the night, and we saw a really great match in what could have easily been a toss-away game, um, you know, with the Bob Dillionaires and the 99ers thinking, you know, we're not in the uh, in the championship and uh, – <clears throat> and kind of phoning it in, but they, they definitely went out there with something to prove. And uh, the two teams, these two teams we thought had the horses to run to the title race, but they all, they both fell short, um, but they really put the work in on the final night. And, and we saw, um, you know, <clears throat> we, we basically saw that there's something interesting that happened. And that was the fact that apparently to these guys, playing for who doesn't finish last is almost equally as important as winning the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that definitely amped up the, uh, the sense of urgency for the guys um, on the night. But um, I briefly alluded to it. Um, great soccer match, both teams putting, putting it all out there for the fans in the final show. Um, the only thing to note b- before this game was that 99 or shot stopper Troy Lewicki was unable to make the match due to some grad school conflict. Uh, which meant that Devin uh, Thompson and Matt Elder, who were set to feature against each other in the finals, um, stepped up and split time uh, each a half for uh, the, 90, uh, the 99ers. So um, <clears throat> thank you to them <laughs> for clearly doing that because without that, we wouldn't have had a, f- a full match played. It we would have had to figure something out. And uh, Chairman Hudeman, I think, has officially retired from uh, filling in. So, uh, <laughs> so it was good to have those guys um, those guys so up. So actually, as far as the match is concerned, it was almost too fast to give you a full breakdown. Uh, it was a, a five versus five goal fest um, that ended in, a, wow. in, in another um, penalty shootout um, with the Bob Billionaires finishing um, as the second runner up in the competition, um, you know, using a uh, Miss America uh, scoring system there. Uh, on penalties where Mitch Wolf stepped out of the net for the Billionaires and nailed the fifth kick to win the game. Wow. So, uh, ha- that's exciting. Yeah. It, you don't see that. You don't see that. It was, it was definitely a night of a couple first that being one of them. And we'll get to the next one. Um, when we talk about the, the next game, but one bright spot of note, uh, was that former, uh, Minnesota United DA player Baraka, um, who was kind of in and out with us, um, during the, the course of the competition, uh, Baraka from mortal Kombat. Yeah. Baraka from mortal Kombat. Uh, the tender, wow. the tender age of 17, um, he suited up for the 99ers, and contributed two goals and two assists, um, and, and definitely his best match um, since he was he, he kind of latched on to us um, after the DA shutdown. Um, True to Baraka form, just slicing him up. Yep, exactly. So along <laughs> with uh, some chip-ins uh, from some some club staples, uh, Zuhir, Midu, and and Gato, uh, which I was told is not El Gato, it's just Gato. So it's not the cat, it's just cat. It's just cat. It's just cat. Um, for the billionaires. Um, <laughs> It was very much so the Nick Hutton show, uh, two goals and two assists of his own, followed by um, 
uh, a big goal when it comes to the golden boot race uh, from Justin Oliver. Uh, defender Wes Lawrence chipped one in, and then so did uh, club captain Max Stewart. So what a fitting way to, to go down um, in the Constellation match, 5-5 into penalties for the, our third straight playoff game in a row, Nate. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's at least it was on the heels of 10 goals, right? Like you said, total goal fest, super exciting. Like that's the kind of game you want to go to penalties. You want you don't want something low scoring right. going to penalties, and you know deciding on some some fluke. It's like everyone had every opportunity to to win this game, and it's just uh, super awesome that it got extended. And there was some extra drama, and especially since it took place before the championship game. So basically, the other teams are ready to rock, man. They're lined up. They're they're everyone's attention is fully on the, the penalty shootout. How cool is that? Yeah, absolutely. And then there was plenty of chirping going on uh, with the guys who made it to the final, um, to the guys who did not make the final, which was uh, awesome to to uh, <laughs> to hear. Uh, some pretty good uh, zingers in there, I might add. Um, but also uh, some uh, some gentlemanly wagers going on on the sidelines uh, for who was going to win these matches. So. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some some great side effects from from that game um, and it being first before the final. So on to the final, Nate. The sec um, it was the second straight game of the playoffs that was I believe just shot out of a cannon um, as tackled by turtles looked totally turtle versus the one timers and gave up two early goals for another kind of not sh- this shit again feeling <laughs> from those in attendance like come on guys, you like, you, you pulled it together, got into the final and then now this again. Um, but they were able to get back on the good foot, which I think was a testament of, of just their resilience of continuing to get, to get after chopping the tree down after they, they just were getting their asses kicked. Um, but they, uh, so they, they, they were able to equalize. Um, and uh, it was right before halftime um, had expired uh, or had, the first half had expired, excuse me, um, on the back of goals from Mark Bokeen and Miles Norville, which were both set up by a very energized Ian Smith. He was all over the place. Um, you know, he didn't get the uh, the MVP of the finals, obviously, um, because we know that is going to uh, our, our guest tonight um, in Mike Hutton. But I mean, he did everything humanly possible he could do um, to, to try to bring his team into, into this one. Um, but uh, you know, first half high. It's funny how we've been able to see Steve a couple times, get angry and turn it on and just like put the game on his back. Yeah. 100%. And the, the leadership role that he took, you know, like, he was our first development player. If you want to put that title on him, what in our first year, and we've seen him grow throughout his soccer journey with us going to college, coming back to us, going to a USL side for a year, then coming back to us now, um, you know, during COVID when he was realistically supposed to be off in different parts of the globe, trialing Mm -hmm. for, for, for pro clubs. Um, So you never saw that leadership, role from him he, he was very much a a, a impactful role player on all, on all the teams he was on for us including that undefeated uh 2019 team um where he did have a voice but it wasn't like a leadership voice so it was good to see that he kind of took it on himself to to join guys like miles norville and a few of the older veterans to just kind of try to get this thing right for that that team um so uh Big first half highlight for me was us finding out that Mike Hutton, our, again, our guest tonight, can throw the ball a country mile <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
his long toss from about 35 yards out, uh, which was deployed multiple times, which we hadn't seen yet. Uh, another first on our last night. Um, it found the foot of Arthur parents on, um, on, you know, his first long or second long toss of the game. Um, and, and got the, the ever so popular, uh, throw in assist, which we haven't seen before. So that was an interesting thing. Uh, and, and a little bit of a contributor to, uh, to why he was, um, he was, uh, selected MVP, but there was more. So, uh, when things got got back after the break, they were locked at two two with, and the turtles then kind of really had no answer for the talent and the cohesion that the one timers have built over the previous weeks. Seeing um, the one timers score three second half goals by Matt Gibbons, um, Mike Hutton who set up another one, um, and then uh, the final goal from Arthur, and then the only way to match that for the turtles was a lone goal by Cole Schwartz. Um, so th- with that, Nate, they were crowned the first annual Ben Wexler Brotherhood Cup champions, and the man, the myth, the legend, Sexy Wexy, was on hand to present the trophy yes. to, the, to the squad, and then they literally popped champagne bottles and uncorked for a celebration, which was <laughs> so, so, so much Minneapolis City over the top. It was awesome. Um, so hats off to, uh, to team captain Jonah Garcia, uh, Matt Gibbons, Mike Hutton, Will Kidd, Arthur Perrins, uh, Charlie Adams, Joe Zway, Batule, Ethan Anderson, Samuel Ruiz Plaza, Luke Lindsay, um, Trialis, Colton Prater, and Scotty Heinen, and uh, of course, goalkeeper Devin Thompson for a, a well played cup. And also, um, like, like I said, a big shout out to our guest um, this evening, Mike Hutton, not Nick Hutton, <laughs> for those of you who don't know that they are twins, um, on winning the finals MVP um, and, and ultimately which we'll have, we'll have to find out from him when we speak to him, um, falling for a joke by his team uh, that they played on him uh, to telling him that they're all wearing suits to dress up classy for the <laughs> final. And he was the only one who either fell for the joke um, or the joke was on him. And, uh, and he showed up in a full suit. Um, and, but apparently that's, that, that's how you score two goals and or have two big assists and score the game winner to, to bring home the title. Yeah, you got to have confidence on and off the pitch, John. Confidence enough to be the only one to show up for your game wearing a full, wearing a full suit. Yeah, look good, feel good, do good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's get to the season awards or the uh, tournament awards, if you will. Uh, like you said, uh, final movement in the Golden Boot race led to uh, Justin Oliver clinching it with 14 goals uh, on the on the tournament. Uh just squeaking past uh, and into first place, right? Yeah, Cole Schwartz had 13 and missed the semifinal um, where he would have had the opportunity to to score a goal. So Justin Oliver had one more game um, on him than, uh, than, than Cole did, but also Justin Oliver scored half of his goals in that uh, that seven goal outpouring that he had during the, uh, the, the infamous uh, lone game where uh, his team had uh, had been down guys and were were loaned his brother Tyler, who set up all seven of those goals. Um, if you if you weren't listening to the show that week, um, so I mean, yes, Justin, congratulations, uh, absolutely deserved it. You know, you're a true goal scorer, and 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 especially in this format, it it it, uh, it speaks volumes to your skill sets. But uh, I believe Cole kind of won it fair and square. Yeah, but hey, I. I mean, you got to show up, right? But also, like, who who hasn't seen, uh, 
you know, a one huge performance puts someone over the top. I mean, that, that happens, right? You get a big, mm-hmm. you get a big performance. You get a, you pad the stats with a, with a, you know, with a weak opponent or whatever, and you do what you can to, to take the lead. So there he goes. Justin Oliver, the 14 goal, the gold boot winner. Uh, onto the kind of the Stockton to Malone award, I guess you could call it most assists. And I think we saw this one coming, John, because this guy has been setting goals up for weeks. Yes. Matt Gibbons with 14 assists on the season. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's averaging more. It's averaging more than uh, almost two assists per game, Um, which in a seven aside format, you might think is a little bit more uh, reachable than in a full 11 aside. Mm -hmm. But regardless, um, even though the opportunities are probably there more in a seven aside, you still have to be able to execute pinpoint passes in a small space. So, I mean, it was really impressive. I mean, every week we're just seeing this guy light up the uh, light up the stat sheet with drop in times and and also contributing goals. Uh, you know, I have the uh, the stats pulled up here. Let me uh, let me dive into those. But he also he also scored some goals and uh, to the tune of four. So I mean, that's that's a lot of points, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. On to best defender. And this is a guy, John, you might want to talk a little bit about because I'm, we're not, a lot of people might not be familiar with him. Uh, that's Wes Lawrence. Uh, why was he the best defender? And who is this guy? <laughs> so Wes Lawrence, <laughs> most importantly, yeah, most importantly, who the hell is Wes Lawrence? Um, so Wes Lawrence actually is a product of, uh, of our, our, our parent club segment soccer club. So Wes came to us, he's a, uh, he's a Georgia native. Um, and he, uh, move, well, he was born in Georgia and he moved to Florida and then was part of the, um, the IMG Academy um, where he played his youth soccer up and uh, up until through high school. Um, and then um, through a job change with his parents, um, they moved to Minnesota and he was actually attending Virginia military Institute and um, came to us before what, you know, that point in time during the year, um, we have it every year, Nate, when our, our full season's happening. And then a player mm-hmm. says like, Hey, uh, I'm moving to the area. Here's my info. Like, could I try out? And you're like, sorry, but we're kind of full. Um, but we have this Stegman's thing. You can go play with them. And then if yeah. you like, if you like that and you're willing to put the work in, then, um, you can come to the, you know, the trial process, uh, in the winter. So that's what Wes did. Um, and I think he featured, for like three different Stegman's clubs over the summer. So definitely committed to what we were offering. Um, and then he, he made, uh, you know, MC um, two after the winter trial process. Um, and now he's currently in between schools as he left Virginia Mil- military Institute uh, to, to leave that military life behind and uh, is, is looking to transfer. So there's any division one coaches out there who are listening to this, that uh, need a solid defender. West is definitely it. Um, with a constant staple in the back line for, um, for the billionaires, uh, in some instances, their only true defender, which we saw that was the downfall of someone like the turtles. So to, to have him perform at such a high level when in some weeks he was the only true defender on the team, um, scored four goals and two assists, um, from the back line. So some decent offensive output as well. Huh? And, uh, this is an all-around great guy. Also, probably gets the award for bringing the uh, the most side pieces to to who uh, to the the the, the, co- <laughs> to the, uh, the matches uh, 
with the social distancing uh, fan watching experience. Oh well, I mean, he was a cadet for so long. Now he's now he's free of the military life. He's got a just sowing those wild oats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, onto onto our top goalkeeper, and this is a guy we had the pleasure of having on a couple weeks ago. Uh, Mitch Wolf gets top goalkeeper. Makes total sense from when you look at the stat line. Oh, 100%. Mitch was our, uh, was it week five or week six MVP? Uh, who cares? He was a, he was a weekly MVP. Um, Mitch came to us. I, I, if you listen to the interview of those two or three shows ago, um, Mitch um, came to us through my, uh, my high school coaching that I, I, I help out with a program um, in, in our area uh, where I live. And uh, Mitch is the goalkeeper coach. And I, I've kind of been on him for a couple of years to, uh, you know, to give us a shot. And uh, this was the first time where he was actually able to make it work with um, work commitments. And uh, he was also the, one of the former um, kind of squad depth goalkeepers uh, for training purposes with Minnesota United for the past two years. So obviously a good reason not to be able to join us Mm -hmm. because he was (laughs) training every day with a, with a professional soccer team, um, the professional soccer team in our area. Um, So now he was able to do it. um, And you can you can kind of tell from when you watch him play. You're like, yep, that guy gets his position. Like he he's everything the part. Um, he he featured in seven games out of the out of the uh, the eight weeks that we had. So he only missed one week. Um, he had compiled 80 saves and only 24 goals against, and had what the only goalkeeper assist of the entire tournament. Oh wow! So I, I and I believe that his um. His, that was the same week where he recorded uh, a, a week high 17 assists um, to uh, to secure the number one seed for uh, for the billionaires into the tournament. Way to go! And I think this is kind of where it gets interesting because there are so many newcomers to the 77 uh, tournament. I don't think you're going to be able to keep tabs on all of them. I certainly can't. But this one definitely stood out, and it's uh, because of his because of his uh, work, his quiet work between the sticks uh devin thompson gets the best newcomer award yeah so devin came to us through the open trial process um and then was quickly moved into the uh was quickly moved into the trial the the main trial mm-hmm. process um over the winter um uh, currently devin is in a second year at anoka ramsey community college where he plays soccer um in uh on the team there um but he was our week five mvp which which started the string uh, it broke the streak of field players winning MVP and started a run of three straight weeks where we saw him, Mitch, and then Matt Elder um, win the uh, the weekly honor. Um, but all over the place when it when it came to um, to being in the goal, um, really kept his team in games. Um, you know, when we talk about a volume of uh, of opportunities that uh, that he saw, not as ma- as many as as you, you would have seen from Mitch. Um, he did play in all all eight games, uh, recording sixty six or sixty saves and twenty nine goals against. So good goals against average, much like Mitch, but um, not as many saves because I don't think he needed to actually be put into action as much. Sure. Um, but when he did, he absolutely performed, um, and super happy to have um, Devin, you know, in the mix. Um, he was selected to play on MC two at, um, with uh, with Wes. We we just mentioned. Um, but uh, happy to have him because, as you know, like quality goalkeepers don't grow on trees uh, in soccer. That's for sure. That is for sure. So that's nice to have some depth at the position too. 
to have to have discovered that through this process. That's awesome. Under the top young player, and this is you can show up week in and week out and be impressed with this kid and wonder like who is he and where did he come from? Is he was he held his own on a real in a you know on really quick turf uh, in really quick games against really big guys? And that is Eli Lloyd, <laughs> our top young player of the tournament. Yeah, so um, if if you if you were following along with the show, um, we interviewed Eli after week two and uh, just kind of got his take because he was one of the kind of the group of players that came to us from um, Minnesota United once the DA left and was really looking for that that high level experience um, that he could be part of and and he found us and um, you know he had nothing but great things to say about what we're providing for youth players and and specifically in how the model is great for players of his age range, which is, is what we're, we're, this pilot program is going to be mm-hmm. serving in full force with the futures program. Um, so great, great player to have in. I mean, like you said, um, just quickly closing the gap on being one of the best players at his age group and then being able to level up against grown ass men. <laughs> um, but um, I found out that, you know, he, he traditionally was more of an uh, attacking player um, in his past, but has recently moved back to the outside uh, defender role. And, and, you know, he very much so was that attacking outside defender. I would liken him a lot to a guy like Zuhir, where from a body type perspective, kind of short, um, you know, super quick, um, has that offensive mindset. But when you can deploy them as a good defender as well out of the back, um, it's, it's a complete game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ended up um, sco- uh, lodging three assists on, on the, uh, uh, in the cup and, and really just a great, a great kid all in all, like really knows what he wants to do in the game of soccer and is really, you know, looking just for those opportunities to, to get exposure and, and to better himself as a player. So we're really happy to have him and hope that he, he sticks with us for at least another yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> and finally cup MVP. This is a big one, John. It's someone all around best player of the entire tournament and you kind of had your pick of the litter here right you had guys with 14 goals guys with 14 assists but the pick for guys with tons and tons of saves right the pick here is someone that was kind of the best all-around player he can put it all together on any given night and that is uh, our former guest and really awesome guy unless you're playing against him Mito Yusuf yep one of the leaders of the bastard boys (laughs) on our team (laughs) Um, no, Vito's a great guy, like you mentioned, um, and very much so has that switch that he turns on as soon as he crosses over to the touchline and into a, any sort of soccer experience. Um, just battled week in and week out. Um, you know, we had him on the show after week three where he was voted the MVP. Um, finished the season with nine goals and nine assists, which is uh, which was keeping him in the top half of the category for both uh, Gold Boot and the Stockton to Malone Award. Um, an A plus chirp game when it came to the WhatsApp group, like after every week, just either talking shit about why they lost or talking shit about how they won. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, but I mean, all in all, it, it, he is the perfect small sided player. And if you're out there and you're in the, uh, in the professional indoor or futsal world and you're looking for a guy that is absolutely tailor made for small attacking experiences uh, in small spaces, tight spaces. Mito is the guy, um, you know, typically an, out, an outside attacker in full 11-a-side soccer. Um, but in 7-a-side, in, in he, he, he figured out 
how to contribute to a team um, on both sides of the ball without truly having a fixed position. I mean, yeah. some of you would deploy out on the left, then he'd be up top, then he'd be dropping back, then he'd be out, out to the right. Um, he was constantly all over the field and really just hunting wherever the ball was within a certain um, closeness to the goal, which is why he ended up with nine goals and nine assists. So um, congratulations to you, Midu. Um, well-deserved honor. Great work. Great work. Well, John, uh, that's it for that's it for the season, and that is it for our award winners, except for our Pick'em winners. And this one, well, I mean, let's just say it didn't go as planned for most of our most of our Pick'em players. <laughs> uh, as it happened, you won our own contest. You suck it, <laughs> suck it. You and your uncle business ballers finishing first with sixty-two points on the backs of two incredibly lucky weeks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so even though we likely knew going into this week that this would that you pretty much had this thing on lock, uh, is still it's still bittersweet for most of us. So uh, congrats, congrats. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank I'd like to thank the little people in my life who uh, who helped me figure out how to gamble at an early age. Second place, as in most things in life, <laughs> goes to me. Nate Morales and uh, man, again, we look super sketchy winning, uh, winning our own competition, number one and number two. But when you think about it, we've got all the information. We get the, we we're there. Uh, you're there week in a week out. I'm there occasionally. And uh, you know, we talk about these games quite a bit. So uh, 42 points for me, one super lucky week really put me over the top and that was it. Otherwise I would have been, I would have been down there with the rest of you guys. But third place goes to Colin O'Donnell replacements for a season 40 points probably rightfully should have gotten second place like i said except for my one lucky week colin had a little bit more of a consistent pick em tournament so congrats colin you get nothing uh no winner <laughs> nobody wins anything since john you won uh the top prize you won the 2021 membership uh and the chance to come on the pod we really had to pivot but you had kind of planned for this and almost uh probably worked harder to win win the title because of because of your plan didn't you yeah absolutely not a total slime ball and uh so <laughs> for all the people out there who think i cheated um screw you because i didn't and um if i were to have cheated which i again am saying i did not i am now in a position to do something great so yes you're right we did pivot and since i'm not eligible to pick up our prize um we have decided to auction off um to the highest bidder the 2021 membership um over on our twitter channel um the starting bid is 65 dollars, which is the current going price um uh for a uh the the early bird special for our 2021 um season membership um and you have 30 days as of tomorrow to get your bids in so we'll continue every couple of days um putting that link out um you can do the auction all online um it's you don't have to pay anything to um to bid unless you are the lucky winner so all proceeds from this auction will be going to the minneapolis city um, SE Futures Scholarship Fund. So um, get out there, get some cool shit, people, and help a kid play the beautiful game. And as far as how we handled uh, coming on the show, thought of a couple different ways we could do this. Um, one of them was obviously, like, do we have Colin on? Um, but then technically he didn't win. Um, so we uh, 
we basically did is we took every person's name who and put it in a hat who had played at least one signed up and played at least one week of the pick'em pick'em league. We had some people who signed up and did jack all and didn't <laughs> participate in it. Oh well. It. So yeah. Oh well. So you didn't get a chance to win the, the prize. Whatever. Um, so what we did was we put all of them in a hat and we picked one person out and we're pleased um, to to say that joining us in the next couple of weeks. Um, will be a city board representative, citizens card carrying member, and general all around great guy, uh, Paul Schmeichel. Uh, Paul will be reaching out to you soon with some details, and we'll lock in a date so that you can uh, you can come join us. Yes, congrats to to you, Paul, and congrats to you, John. Uh, please go ahead and bid on this. Uh, it'd be very cool to give a little extra to the club and to support the futures program. Yes, and I think I, I mean if I didn't have a horrible voice, I would cl- definitely close this out with singing "End of the Road" by Boys the Men. Thank you, thank you for not doing that. <laughs> no problem. As is customary in our coverage of the Wexler Cup tonight, we honor last week's MVP uh, by giving him his time in the sun. Welcome to the show for the first time, Mike Hutton, aka Mick Hutton. Uh, Mike, <laughs> performance earned your team the cup and earned you the MVP. How are you feeling tonight? Hey, you guys. Uh, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on your show. Nice. City fans are definitely familiar with your brother, Nick, uh, but not his twin brother, Mike. And I'll say that your your nickname, or even if it's not real, uh, Mick, like I've got a cousin whose dad is named Mike, and he goes, he's Mike Jr. He goes by Mick. He's like actually Mike the third and he goes by Mick. So it's like, it made total sense to me. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that. <laughs> one, one Nick and one Mick. And they thought they were funny, uh, but, you, but you are Mike Hutton. People know probably less about you. Uh, talk a little bit about your story growing up into soccer where your paths diverged uh, from your, from your twin brother. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, yeah, you guys are familiar with, with Nick and probably his background, so I won't dive too deep into it. But a uh, Minnesota kid that uh, grew up playing for the local clubs down in Apple Valley, Valley United. And then yeah, as we got a little older, I played for uh, Bangu, which you turned into a MTA or Minnesota uh, Thunder Academy. And then from there, I went on to college at University of St. Thomas. Uh, and I played there under Coach Mackey. So that was uh, St. Thomas before uh, you know, the Lowry uh, program they have going on now. But um, a lot of fun there. And I uh, just started uh, up with training some city with, uh, with the guys this year. So if my laser-focused memory serves me correctly, um, you might be the one and only in the history of the club. But you chose to join the military after your successful stint at St. Thomas not a ton of players can say that they've had that kind of experience. Um, you know, tell us a little bit more about that and, and what your military focus was. Sure. So yeah, I actually chose the military out of, out of high school. That's kind of what led me to St. Thomas was being able to, you know, do the ROTC program and play sports at the same time. So I, you know, I did make that choice out of high school when I, you know, I was able to be an officer. So uh, for anybody who's not super familiar with the military, uh, yeah, I won't go too deep into it, but yeah, I did an officer program, uh, and so that what that meant was when I finished college, I finished uh, you know with uh, my degree and also a commission into the United States Marine Corps, 
from there, you basically go out to Virginia and you compete for what job you want to get into. And, and I wanted to get infantry and fortunately, fortunately was able to, to get into that. Um, yeah, I went out to North Carolina for... Uh, you just straight up chose the infantry, like right out of the gate? Yep, yep. So there's 23 different MOSs or specialties. And, wow. And, uh, yeah, and so yeah, infantry is kind of the the cool job if you're in it it's kind of the job that you want to go out and do you know it's better than being uh yeah in logistics or in artillery or uh, janitorial yeah yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah so we did two deployments out of there and, and really enjoyed that and yeah, i can go to more detail but that's kind of the highlights of it so as an active duty marine uh, especially one who served in the infantry you were probably not much of a slouch in the gym when now that you're done and when you came out of the service what physical adjustments have you had to make to get back into soccer shape um yeah really uh really big ones i don't know if i would say it because i was in the gym or not i think it's because of the lack of uh training and kind of like how quick you lose your your quick twitch or your ability to kind of catch yourself as you Mm -hmm. cut or your your quickness in your feet um so I'd say one thing is like for sure injury prevention, you know, as you gain a little <laughs> bit of size and a little bit of bulk, you lose a little bit of that uh, flexibility in your legs. And, and man, I, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, every time you look at uh, some of the older guys, you know, you're always kind of trying to stretch out a little bit harder and, you know, try to prep your body a little bit more. So I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm not as light on my feet as I maybe once was. And, and then just, you know, getting a touch on the ball, uh, yeah, is, is quite a bit more important now to warm up a bit and, and get it that feeling back. So we um we had my father on our show quite a few episodes ago. Um, he is a, a retired lieutenant colonel in the army, and he spoke about how during his time um, served when he was stationed in, in Europe, um, there was military soccer happening where each each kind of country that had active military in the continent would put teams together and play each other. Was there anything like that when you were when you were serving? Um, there was, it's a little bit different, um, depending on the, you know, the your service you're in and kind of what billets you hold, um, just, just smacking the Navy around. Yeah. yeah so, you know, it's actually pretty <laughs> frowned upon to kind of do that kind of stuff, you know? So like if I were to go join like a running team or a soccer team, or whatever, you know, I'd probably get quite a bit of crap from you know, my peers or your superiors mm-hmm. who are like, you know, you didn't join the Marine Corps to go play soccer. You, you joined, uh, you'll learn to do all these other skills. And so uh, it's not something that they would really look too for or too, too uh, proud on. It was funny because my dad mentioned that like, so he ran the, the U S team and he was like saying that they, you know, they're playing against the, the British military and he looks across the field and there's like three members of the 66 world cup team no that are playing against him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, we're losing today. <laughs> <laughs> That's completely insane. <laughs> yeah. It might be it might be different though, you know, considering like the types of, like you said, the types of uh, billets that you, that you're given, right? Like if you if you're stationed at a base and and if you have definitely more of a desk job or if you're gonna kind of be there for for longer, like it might be kind of the thing that to just kind of keep base life not boring. Mm-hmm. There's more organ there's more organized social activities, but like you know if you're if you're on kind of like an, a really active, like potentially dangerous uh, assignment, like it's probably, it's probably frowned upon to, to be fucking around so much, but um, is there kind of, was there kind of a, 
a balance that you could strike, um, Mike, the, or was it was it no, more you, like you hit it right on the head? I mean, so I had a couple of peers that you know went on from our first uh, you know, duty stations or billets, you know, to uh, you know, one went on to go be on the Marine Corps wrestling team, another went on to be a Golden Glove boxer, and you know those dudes were were pretty rad. Um, yeah, but there's definitely a time and place for it. You know, as a young lieutenant in the Marine Corps, uh, that is not the time and place. For it. Uh, <laughs> not, yet, not the time to make your own rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you were on St. Thomas, uh, you know, before your, before your stint in the Marine Corps. Afterwards, how much organized soccer did you get a chance to really play uh, before hooking up with Minneapolis City? Uh, I know you maybe because of your brother, were able to to join on to segments and dip your toe into the water that way. But was there, was there anything else that you were able to, to compete in, especially on a 77 level? Um, yeah, not really a little bit. So we, we played in the Augsburg league. There's a bunch of guys that are, uh, you know, on Augsburg, Augsburg squad, excuse me. Um, and so, you know, I play a few times out there. Yeah. I was home for, for, I don't know, eight to 10 months or so before that. And so I think, yeah, I probably played one or two Stegman's games, but, um but not too much uh yeah it was kind of a you know, fun way to, to jump back into it with city and you know certainly a, a surprise and a shock you know, with the all the amazing amount of talent you guys have uh, in the club yeah i mean when you jumped in like what's the biggest i mean what's the biggest challenge that you feel like you faced in these in these 77 games um i would say the skill on the ball you know and just like how quick these guys are both with their decisions and with their touch. I'd say that's definitely been the toughest thing. Um, I'd say that playing 11s has been a little bit easier and like playing with a little bit more space in front of me allows me a little bit more time to, to catch a ball. And if I miss touch it or anything, I maybe have two seconds, you know, to do it. Whereas as, as we go smaller in 77 or even smaller than that in our, you know, rondos or smaller drills, that's where it's like, you know, just, insane to watch some of these guys you know and if i were to list any of them you know like jonah and sam marie's plaza and you know max degwitz and all those guys are like so incredible in in you know small spaces that uh you know even the even the high schoolers like are coming in and you know if you look at the way that tactics are taught today and the way that players like kind of look at the game is so much different than you know when i was playing even back in 2011. yeah so Let's look forward to next to a potential next year, potential next season, and and I want you to picture yourself on the on an opposing team. Have you ever had the Have you ever had to line up with with against a team that had one set of twins, much less two sets of twins? <laughs> um, no. Like if if the Olivers and the Huttons hit the pitch at the same time for Minneapolis city, how badly would you fuck up? Yeah. Minute? I mean, I got it. Yeah. Those guys are, are really talented finishers and uh, really good players. So I think, you know, to answer your question, I don't think I've ever played a, against a team with two sets of twins and even just the single set. Yeah. You know, I can remember a couple of teams that would wipe us out from Ohio North whenever we'd go to regionals. But other than that, I don't remember any, you know, dominant sets of twins anywhere. So I think uh, seeing the Olivers and then uh, getting Nick out there would be really a, a good tandem. You got the hot, and then you definitely have the hive mind going. Yeah, yeah. Nobody would be, nobody would be able to mess with you. Like two, 
We had you have four people with two brains. <laughs> yeah, just, just operating on a totally different frequency than everyone else. Four attackers with two brains. I should ask you though, is what so positionally, how do you how do you differ from from your brother at all? Um, so we played different positions growing up. So he's not naturally a striker. He's kind of like jumped into that role at at City. So he'd never really been a striker before, and so. Um, well, it's worked out. Yeah, no, he's, uh, <laughs> he's been really, you know, talented and, and good. I think he's playing better soccer than he's ever played before, and that's not a knock. It's just he's playing great. But um, I think, uh, yeah, I'd say with like back to goal, I'd say was something that I used to have a, an edge on him. You know, when I catch a ball and, and play back mm-hmm. into the center, things like that. Yeah, I don't have too many edges on Nick anymore. I mean, he's been playing a lot and playing really well. But differences. I think I'm a bit stronger. Yeah, I think I go up in the air a bit uh, stronger than he does. Um, and then, I mean, there's a million things he's doing a little better than I am. But um, yeah, differences. I don't know. We play pretty. <laughs> so you're more of a you're more of a target man, Nick. More of the uh, Nick. More of I the think speedster. So. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. All right. All right. So um, we talked a little bit briefly about it before we we, uh, we we hit the record button, but explain to us wearing wearing a suit to the final match. So some people are saying it was a joke played on you. Some are saying that it's just the other guys like not knowing if it was a joke or not. Um, and some are saying it's like the Stegman Soccer Club anniversary party where you just come to momentous occasions in a suit and tie. So can you clear up the rumor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the 77 squad they sent out uh, yeah text that morning saying hey we're wearing suits to the game tonight uh, make sure you guys wear a suit and then people were kind of <laughs> clowning around on there a little bit and they're like hey we're doing this right and it was kind of between that and one other thing you know excuse me and they ended up deciding on on suits and so yeah I threw on a yeah, I threw on a, a coat and a tie and shirt and got there and, and nobody else was wearing it. So yeah, they uh, <laughs> probably had a side chat going to, to pull one on me, but they deny it to this day. But even if they were uh, uh, telling the truth, I, I don't think I'd believe them. Well, hey, we we were we we definitely very much so on this show believe that if if you look good, you feel good, and you do good, and you ended up. St- contributing um, with a, a, a huge assist in the first half off of a throw-in, which was our first throw-in assist of the, of the competition. Um, but you also notched not another assist and then scored the game winner uh, ultimately. So wear the suit, man, wherever you yeah, go. Yeah. Wear a suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dress for no, success. No, City definitely got that going, especially with the uniforms. Everybody always talks about those, uh, yeah, the branding and the uniforms is definitely uh, yeah, City positive or brand. So what I'm hearing is we need to come out with some sort of crested sport coat. Yeah, like we had a guy in high school that wore, you know, that like t-shirt from Spencer's <laughs> that looked like a tuxedo. Yeah. He wore that to prom. So like we should just yeah, do I, that. I mean, we could. Like a kit like that. I think you'd have some uh, some folks on the on the blazer with the crest on. I think a lot of people would get that, but I don't know what kind of budget <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the you know has it. either. I mean, we're clearly swimming in cash, so we can do anything we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, we 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 like to end, you know, the the serious portion of our interviews when we have guys on, and specifically our fall guests, with with kind of this question. So, 
Um, if you can think back to, uh, to, to young Mike Hutton, as you're going through, you know, the process of figuring out how to, uh, you know, playing after high school, what do you think that the, the, the model that we deployed in the, in the sevens, um, would have benefited you as a younger player, 16 through, through 20, um, as this supplemental model with a competitive, ultra competitive, small sided component that we put out there, that's going to be our futures model. Um, how do you think that would have benefited you or benefits younger players? Yeah, good question. Um, so I think, man, if I were to layer it into one or two bullet points, I'd say the first one is you know, being able to play against people with such different competitive advantages. Uh, so you're playing against people with very different uh, abilities, you know, whether it's somebody that's just a, a bull and a whole bunch of power and speed like Matt Gibbons, you know, just trying to play against him in, in a game or a dog like me do, uh, or maybe you're playing against somebody's <laughs> you know, size like Josue or, you know, just the, the strength of Charlie Adams. I would say that you know, you're kind of getting hit with different you know, people's uh, advantages physically, but then also you're coming against some of the dudes that have played at really, really high levels. Like, you know, I put Ian Smith and Max Stewarts and Sam Ruiz Plaza kind of in that mix that play such a clean brand of soccer that like, it's just so much tougher to play against and likely some of the players they're playing against you at their lower levels. So um, one, I'd say, yeah, those competitive advantages that certain players bring to the pitch. And then two, just like the high level of soccer that, you know, some of those other guys are like complete, complain, completely playing at all the time. Sure. Well, Mike, I'm going to tell you, we have gotten to the part of the show that usually throws the guests for, for a loop. Uh, <laughs> you guys think that you're good. You always think that, that you, you've got a, you've got a leg up here and you never do. It's time for ask John anything we've had tons of games here over four years this is our best game so far uh you can ask john two questions about anything literally anything about his life that could be soccer related it could be something like which one of his kids he loves more like these are the, you know, <laughs> the, the chain is off man anything you ever wanted to embarrass john about this is the this is the opportunity and here's the thing if he answers both of them, the game is over. But if he pleads the fifth on any of your questions, he has to answer your next one truthfully. And I'll tell you, he's got some sort of a genetic predisposition <laughs> to honesty. So you're just not... <laughs> so it's going to be hard to find a, a question that he needs to lie about. Uh, I'm sure if you have probably gone through players or gone through uh, things. Um... What is your least favorite characteristic about MVB and why? Uh, least favorite characteristic oh. about Matt. Um, for those of you who MVB is coach, head coach Matt Van Benskoten. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see here. I'm going to answer the question. I have to just uh, I have to just find something to, to pinpoint because he's a very likable guy. Yes, right? it's an like impossible question. Bet. Uh, not, no questions <laughs> impossible, Mike. Um, <laughs> it's all how you want to answer it. Um, I would say that um, one of the characteristics that Matt has, um, it, it, it kind of goes against um, just how I'm made up as, as a soccer coach. So I'm not talking about as a peer in our club. I'm talking about coach to coach. Um, there are times where 
I I feel that Matt will potentially give a player a little bit longer of a leash than I mm. would have. And and it that's not a knock on on an actual on a coach. Um, it's just not what I do. Like when I'm coaching, I don't give guys that maybe that third opportunity to clean something up before they get the hook. Uh, I'm very quick to the, to the trigger because that's how all the coaches I played for were. And, um, and in some instances I may be frustrated with that, but it's the right decision. And I might've taken a guy out too early and Matt gave, gave a guy that chance that he needed and that player performs. So it's not necessarily a negative. It's just, it's negative to me because I, I can't stand it when I watch a guy make a couple mistakes and, and I clearly know that it could have been changed. So I, I think uh, that would be the only negative thing I can think about that. I, that Matt and that I is on. a great answer. That's, you're right. It's not a negative. I guess it's maybe a least favorite thing, but you're right. It's not a negative at all. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I thought it was an impossible question uh, and you answered it brilliantly. <laughs> oh, thank you. Appreciate it. I've had some practice on this <laughs> segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so am I, do I ask one more or no? I think that's it, right? You, you get one, one more. You get one so you more more potentially you get two more if I can't answer this. Okay. What's your, uh, Mm -hmm. what's your least favorite city kit? Um, least favorite city kit was probably, um, the two, the inaugural season white Jersey, which was just the white shirt with the black sleeves. Um, your traditional home Jersey, right? Everyone's got to have a white Jersey. Um, but when you go to the away the first year, it was the same design, but pink with black sleeves. And I thought the simplicity of that one is super sharp. Um, it's the one I bought that year. And I, um, I, yeah. I just feel that like we were introducing pink into the lower league soccer world as a primary color for jerseys that has seemed to caught on. And yeah. a lot of people are doing that. Like most, like, like a lot of things we do, we're, we're having some flattering, uh, flattering folks that are doing a lot of the same things um but i I think that you you can't really compare any of our other jerseys um to that white one in a in a positive or in a negative light because you had then the lumberjack kit then you had the sabo bridge white jersey then you have the lightning bolt kit you have the crow wing from a white perspective city of lakes the throwback jerseys i mean they're all good um but that's probably the worst yeah, the white one's kind of a snooze fest. I, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we've worn that, I mean, even if you look at our Stegman's jerseys, like those are all better <laughs> than that one. That's true. But that one was cheap, I bet. No, I mean, like, like from a cost perspective. Yeah, like, no, you just get a white and black no, jersey. It, <laughs> no, it was, it was the same cost as the pink. So. I mean, Damn. we just we maybe we just kept it too simple because we didn't know how long we'd be around for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jokes yeah, on everybody right. else. Well, there you, there you go, Mike. That was uh, those Thanks are your Ask Jen anything questions. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope you got the answers yeah, yeah. you were looking for. <laughs> we really appreciate you being here, man. Uh, best of luck as we enter into this dark season of of soccer, and hope you can hope you can stay fit. And and stick around, and we hope to talk yeah, to thanks, you next. Yeah, thanks, man. Shout uh, out to the rest spring, of the man. guys. I mean, I just got on the end of a couple of shots there at the, in the seventy sevens. Rest of those guys, uh, you know, worked their butts off, and um, it was super fun to be a part of it. So, shout out to the rest of those dudes.
That is all for this week's show, folks. Thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. John, I grabbed the last 12er of Oktoberfest at the liquor store, and that means it's almost porter season. Sometimes a roasty dark beer is just that on-ramp that I need to Whiskey Town. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Get to the stores today and fill your basket with some delicious bottled beverages. Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. Wait, wait, wait hold on. What did you Give say? That... It was the the, uh, it, the on-ramp to dude, Whiskey that's Town? perfect. I need a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> I mean... Hey man, it's like I do this I for a living. Jeez, that was that was pure <laughs> written gold right there, Nate. But also the dark infusion porter is in the um, in the I, I think it's the bonfire box this year. So uh, that one's not yeah. sold in anything but in the specialty packs. So if it's almost porter season, you might want to pick one of those up uh, and then get on the bus to Whiskeyville or whatever you just said. <laughs> Where however you want to get there, you got. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides safe, reliable, and fun environments for young people to play the beautiful game. We've also got our newly formed Futures Program Scholarship Fund to give to, so consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city for bid on the uh, Bid on the membership soon, folks. Yep, yep. Uh, not a lot of shows left uh, before the end of the year. Usually John and I come up to our come up to our end of the year holiday break if you will so if you have anything you want us to cover to round out this season of mini of uh the people's pitch you can uh you can send us on a quest or whatever you just send us mail it's easy hit us up on twitter we're at the people's pitch or email us mcscpodcast at gmail.com and you can call maybe we'll do a call-in show in a couple weeks if calling in is more your speed uh we want to hear that voice live on the show Hit us up. The show hotline is 612-460-5683. Put it in your phone right now. 612-460-5683. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can you can tweet at the club itself at MPLSCitySC on the Twitter machine. Hey, that first episode of Foot City oh, so is good. in the books. Check it out. Check it out at twitch.tv slash MPLSCitySC and get on the ground floor of Ultimate Team Squad Building 101 with myself, with Jonah Garcia and Max Stinkwert, two city players and two amazing FIFA players. Uh, the next episode is going to stream Thursday, 10-22, when we catch them on the back end of their first weekend league appearance. And you can check out how garbage my squad is looking <laughs> compared to theirs after playing. Uh, it's definitely like by the end of the, by the end of the show, it's going to be the achievement gap will be clear. <laughs> that's for that's for sure. Uh, that does it for this week. I am Nate. That was Mike Hutton, and of course, thank you so much to John, my co-host of all time. We will catch you fine people next week as we look towards the uh, the off season, if you were, and we're going to get ready for future futures action. And you got hoof. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I can staple steez, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is mixed.